0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sports-topia Fantasy Fire and Ice NFL. Your boy, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Stu, what's going on with you? And my man, Chris Crawford. How's everybody doing as we get ready to head into week number three of the NFL season? You heard the dramatic music. It's time (laughs) to start making some dramatic decisions. Chris, my brother, what's going on with you?
1: Uh, not much, man. It's great to be podcasting with you again. It's been a long time. Did it for uh, the old company not too long ago. It's it's great to be here. Great to be talking some football. I think most people know me as the baseball guy, but yes. covered college football and football for a very long time for NBC as well. So excited to be talking about uh, some NFL action for sure.
0: That Seattle Mariners hat is fantastic. Thank you.
2: Sir. You know what I'm saying? Thank Left you. hand up for the commanders, Stu. What's good, baby? <laughs> yeah, nothing much, man. Good start to the year, obviously. I see you rocking the Nationals hats in some of these <laughs> yeah. other videos. I <laughs> like that we're at least on the same page on about like, one and a half sports so far. But yeah, yeah, great start to the season. It may not continue against the Bills this week, though. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Actually, I'm curious and interested in getting into
0: it and, and talking about that game right there. So um, actually looking forward to getting into that. We should kick it off tonight with a game where I saw the total just went to 44. So I don't know if that's a reason to be optimistic. If you're a New York Giants fan, you must be thinking, OK, 44 to nothing. Stu, <laughs> the last time when this whenever the Giants step up in competition, Dallas 40 to nothing. I believe they ended the season against uh, Philadelphia last year, 34-7, something like that.
2: What is the deal tonight? This New
0: York Giants team gonna look good against the competition, or are they gonna look
2: like the New York Giants? I think they might continue to look like the same New York Giants team we've seen. And I do think this team isn't quite playing at their potential right now. We clearly saw last year. It's a pretty well-coached team overall. I think the main problem we have and the main problem that's going to continue to be exploited is that offensive line. Right. When you go up a team like Dallas, right, that is one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. And they showed why. Now, two weeks later, we're arguably facing the second best defense in the league, if not the best defense in the league. So the, with those injuries on the offensive line, Thomas, the former first round pickup there, Daniel Jones has no time to throw. He's not protected. And now they lose their star running back. Right. who There would hopefully take some pressure off of the offensive line. So I'm sorry, Giants fans. I don't see much reason to be optimistic for tonight.
0: Yeah, Chris. You know, it's like people going to the waiver wire season long leagues this, this week, right? And I'm looking at fat results last night in one of my leagues. Nobody even picked up Matt Breida, and I was like, <laughs> I don't blame y'all. Are,
1: are people not believing in the Matt Breida revenge game going up against the old team, man? And nobody betting on that? No, I and I don't blame him, man. I mean, we have seen what Matt Breida can do. We have seen. Gary Brightwell look okay in some very limited chances, but it's very hard to believe in that rushing attack with those offensive line injuries. Heck Andrew Thomas hasn't even been all that good, but Evan Neal has looked like a bit of a disaster at times as well. The interior isn't the strength of this team. It's just very difficult to believe that this offense is going to do anything against San Francisco based on what we've seen over these first eight weeks. And really, our first eight quarters it does feel like eight weeks if you're a Giants fan but yeah it has been a long start to that year and some of this is you know it's a uh, negative to the Giants and some of this is just a positive to the 49ers they look like an excellent football team I thought they were the best team in week one you know went through a couple of scuffles against the Rams who I think are better than we thought based on what we've seen so far as well you know, this is just a matchup of David versus Goliath. The only reason why I think this one might be a little closer is Thursday night football can be some wacky, wacky stuff. And maybe we get some garbage time all-stars as well from the Giants in the second half. But, yeah, on paper, this is not a pretty one. And I don't blame people for leaving Breva on that waiver wire.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, So let me check, check it out. A couple of things, a couple of action items we need to take care of before we continue to go further. Um, Everything that you're seeing on here is absolutely free. You know what I'm saying? Or it's going to be the minimum. So at least you can do is hit that subscribe button, hit that yeah. like. I know you may have some season-long questions. You can pop that in the chat. We'll take care of that for you as well. Most important thing to do, though, see that QR code on the screen? Take your telephone, hit that. That will take you to our contrarian edge optimizer. Contrarian is the key word there. It's not like every other optimizer. It'll spit out something a little bit different. And listen, you can give it a test drive for $1. For $1, you can give it a test drive, see how you like it. Win a couple dollars, might as well just come back and sign up for the whole thing. So, there you go, right there. That is the action items I need y'all to take care of before we continue on with this good content. And, Stu, you know what I'm saying? Um, so where is it going to come from? Because I heard, like, I just saw the Bet MGM Insights heavy wagering on the under on Christian McCaffrey's attempts. Heard some, you know, 49 people saying, Oh, we got to. Slow Christian McCaffrey down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He's getting a little bit too much work. Short week right here. What do you think, CMC? How you look at How would you project CMC for tonight? Is that hearsay or is that, you know,
2: this is probably a good chance to get him some rest? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I feel like I've been trying to be more anti coach speak this year. I think people overreact a lot to what these coaches are saying. But I think when you kind of look at how we project the game script to go in this one, I do find it really hard to believe Christian McCaffrey is going to find himself with 20 carries again. I think if they do take the lead, if they're dominating, if that defense looks exactly how we expect that defense to look. I mean, he's shown no problem using Elijah Mitchell plenty over the last mm-hmm. couple seasons, right? He is clearly a big fan of a guy like Elijah Mitchell who's shown as one of the most dependable RB2s when he's actually out there and healthy on the field. I think if they get up, you know, two scores in this game, I do think it's very reasonable that we see a little bit less CMC and a little bit more um, Elijah Mitchell. That being said, it's still a great matchup. And I think people may be overlooking that. I think it makes more sense in the betting markets, right, when you're betting under 18 and a half rush attempts. But if you're playing DFS tonight, I mean, the fact that Christian McCaffrey gets 16 touches against the Giants is something you want to attack. So for me, I still like him in DFS. But for the betting perspective, I do understand it a little bit, being a little more cautious today. Chris, would you say Stu kind of hit the nail on the head on that one?
1: Yeah, Stu definitely hit the nail on the head, which is not a big surprise at all. Um, And here's the thing, too. Like in DFS – and, you know, we'll talk about Brandon Ayuk, which is one of the bigger question marks yeah. here is maybe they get him more involved in the passing game, too. Maybe they are looking more some angle routes, that type of thing, to get him the ball that way. He's still going to get his. And we've seen, too, Christian McCaffrey has been such a big play threat in the, you know, for his whole career. But even in these first two games, uh carries over 50 yards in both of those games. So, yeah, maybe you're looking at if you're looking that over under thing, maybe you're betting on the under for rushing attempts. But you're still probably looking over on total yards. They're going to get Christian Caffrey abo- involved. He's going to see his, and I would expect him to find the end zone and still have a very productive day.
0: Uh, how do you, Christian, I'm going to stay right here. How do you feel about Debo Samuel so far this year?
1: That's a tough one, and it's, it's a weird one because I think he – that's the guy I'm more managing touches for to be honest with you is I want to make sure that Debo Samuel is active and available for me late in the season because he can be such a threat in so many different types of ways be very curious to see how they use him tonight especially if Brandy Nayuk isn't available you know that's going to be everything I've read game time decision and like a very game time decision I've read a bunch of the words fluid situation and anytime you see fluid situation doesn't matter what sport you're playing it's a scary thing because it means that you really don't know whether or not he's going to get going, I think they're going to have to involve him today, especially because, look, Ayuk was able to play through that shoulder injury, but only played 52% of snaps. They've got to get him still going. You know, I think that the Giants might be playing a little more eight men in the box type of situation. Brock Purdy, not exactly the strongest of throwing arms. Expect to see a lot of screen passes, a lot of ways to get him the ball. Overall, I think Samuel, he's a tough one to bet on, like in terms of fantasies, because there's just such a low floor and high ceiling for him. Maybe today's a day where we see maybe a little bit higher of that ceiling.
2: Interesting. What do you think, Stu? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that popped out for me to Debo is I saw they opened his rush yards at 15 and a half, you know, the mm. over under. And while I love Debo Samuel, I think my immediate thought was to the under for kind of a similar sure. reason you were talking about of yeah, they want to use him to run the ball in the postseason, right? Yeah. But this was a big thing down the stretch last year of like Debo wants to be a running back. And Shanahan is like, no, we can't have you <laughs> be right. You're our star wide receiver. We're paying right. you like one. We can't have you take the workload of a running back. And I mean, if you just look around at the injury report of every team in the league, you'll see why. Right. That, rare, that wear and tear does a lot of damage to you. But in the passing game, I agree. I don't think Ayuki is going to play today, to be completely honest. He's going to be spread with how I think this game is going to turn out. I think they're going to be a little bit safer rather than sorry in the long term. Um, And I think that opens up some very interesting DFS possibilities, because this is not a team that's had to dig deep into their wide receiver rooms like most teams. Right? These guys have stayed pretty healthy over the last year. It's not like a guy like Juwan Jennings profiles as a huge target hog that's going to instantly step up into the wide receiver one role. So for me, Debo Samuel definitely provides a lot of upside tonight.
0: Yeah, I think that, that makes pretty good sense right there. And you know, Chris, I'm looking at some of these uh routes ran and it's 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 Debo, it's Brandon Ayuk, then it's Juan Jennings, Ronnie Bell, and Ray Ray McLeod. Right. I don't know if Ray Ray McLeod is gonna be the one that makes you the the rich friend the night, you know what I'm saying? But when you <laughs> look at those other options in San Francisco, it looked like the other options on the Giants.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is not um, necessarily a skill possession, uh, beautiful dream type of thing. I do think Juan Jennings is an interesting play. We have seen that he can make some big plays when he's been given the opportunity. Not exactly a big play threat down the field, but he does have that six foot three size that he can high point the football pretty well. And I think Ronnie Bell's an interesting one, too. I was looking at DraftKings. $300 play for a guy who might be the third wide receiver tonight. That's at least a little bit interesting. Uh, just kind of a little dart play. A guy I liked to quite a bit at Michigan. Um, can get the ball down the field. Had mostly positive reviews in the preseason. There were some kind of ups and downs about whether or not he could create enough separation Creating separation, I think, is the ultimate term for people who just, like, say, I don't know if this guy's going
0: to be an <laughs> to save.
1: We don't know if he can create separation. But I do think that Bell's a really nice dart play, especially for such a low price if you're playing in one of those flex leagues today. It's interesting. It's kind of like the quarterback
0: saying, oh, he has good feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you <laughs> go. Good feet, you know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, Stu, I'm looking at the, the Giants wide receivers, and I'm like, is somebody missing? My god, this is <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? This 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 they slumming yeah. on the offensive end. Hodgins, Slayton, Hyatt, Paris Campbell. The most routes have been ran by Slayton and Paris Campbell. Last week, when they needed a play, though, they went to Hyatt. Obviously, yes. Hodgins in that mix too. It's really just a mismatch. Um, who who emerges from this uh to get those let's just go ahead and be honest, you know, garbage time with the touches. Yeah, man. <laughs> Who, who's going to help them fight back? It's not yeah.
2: going to be Matt Breida. I wish. No, that would be a lot funnier, I think. But no, I like Hyatt. I wish he didn't have such a great week last week. That's going to make him a little bit more popular than I'd hope. I bet his alt lines in week one up to 80 yards, I I think he had one target in the whole game. And then we saw exactly why he's such a great target for these alt lines and why he's a great target for these tournaments is he is a boomer bust play. He is just as likely to give you 11 points as he is to give you zero points, right? He could legitimately do nothing for you tonight. But at the end of the day, for me, I'm chasing the upside, especially in a Giants' wide. Receiver room that doesn't have much upside, right? So for me, Hyatt with the speed, with the downfield usage, instantly sticks out to me. And then the other guy's going to be slayed as well. It's the same kind of thing. I'm just targeting the A dot, I'm targeting the deeper throws down the field. I'm sure Paris Campbell is going to put together a nice five for 51 stat line. Hodgins, probably pretty similar as well. But I don't know. I kind of want to bet on that one big play. Like you said, hopefully happens in garbage time. The safeties are relaxed. We're up 21 points. Let him run right. that go route. Who cares? We'll see what happens. You know, Chris, it's like, I'm just, last week
0: when they were making that comeback, Sure. what you saw is when they needed an explosive play, they did go to Hyatt.
1: Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, the very first play in that second half, you see that 51-yard throw. And you see, that's why this guy was the 73rd pick in the draft, that he can be that downfield play. What's going to be interesting today is, obviously, I think Darren Waller is going to be the number one target for them. Um, The 49ers linebacker is pretty darn good. So you maybe not have to have that safety help uh, uh, on Waller. You can have that safety help on Hyatt. So I do think that we'll be focusing on taking the deep ball away from him. But you're going to see targets for him. You're going to see, I think, him much more involved in the offense. You know, only three targets over those first two games. But certainly made the most of those two targets yesterday. I do think that you could see something like a two- two three catch game for 70 80 type of yards i think you might see a lot of those types of games from hyatt uh well also interesting wando robinson expected to That's be making right. his debut so that'll be an interesting one to pay attention to um Looked, I thought pretty solid in his rookie season. Um, a, a guy who can do a lot of different things did a lot of different things for a couple of different college teams as well. So that'll be an interesting um, dart throw. Not probably more of a dart, less of a dart throw. Maybe a, a bigger dart on a smaller target.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I saw the Wandel Robinson news this morning. As a matter of fact, and so that 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 will help them. And then obviously Darren Waller would be that that main guy. Mm-hmm. Did y'all a hey, a hey, um? Stu, you do you did a uh, how was Wave of Wire for you this week?
2: It was interesting. I mean, I'm i am a little higher on Jerome Ford than other guys are, Ooh. even with this Kareem Hunt signing. So I was never out here saying you should spend 80% of your fab or anything crazy like that. that but happened. I, what happened. What do you say? That happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was saying I'm, I wasn't that far. I wasn't totally crazy in love or anything, but I feel good. I've got Jerome Ford in some leagues. We bring in Kareem Hunt, who obviously a couple people are going to assume takes on a very heavy workload really fast. If we have cream Hunt numbers, I'll be happy to take some unders early on. Same with Ford. Yeah. I'll be happy to take some overs. Um, I think it. I think people really overreact that he knows the playbook thing. That doesn't mean the guy's going to come off the street and carry the ball 14 times this week. So that was a big waiver wire win for me this week, I would say.
0: Yeah, I didn't get as lucky. I think the highest I went in one league was like 498, and I think the the, the winning bid was 555. I seen a couple 800s out there. A lot of people, if you, you know, like I play in a lot of 20-round leagues, Chris, so he was, you know, already gobbled up in a lot of places on a lot of rosters. Yeah. so I had a home league where um, I had the sixth waiver priority. And I'm like, this is amateur. Well, what are we doing with this waiver <laughs> priority stuff? You know what I'm saying? But um, I think the, the obviously the injury, which was terrible, but combined with the game was on TV, mm-hmm. and we saw standalone game, and we saw Ford getting work from a quarterback, don't like he can throw to anybody but the running backs
1: yeah that's a really good point and i think that that tv thing really made things even more interesting being in the standalone game just seeing that guy go up against that pittsburgh defense that's pretty darn good like yep. that was a very impressive showing fort's been a guy i've liked since he was at cincinnati as well so i i am intrigued i especially like him for the next couple of weeks because Even with Kareem Hunt coming back, I do think there's going to be something where you have to work him back into the offense because he didn't get like a normal load type of thing. Um, I was definitely aggressive in trying to add him in my fab leagues. Unfortunately, I have a bad habit of uh, the two leagues main money leagues that i play in we can trade fab and i get super aggressive and trade that fab very very quickly because i like to move up and draft so i didn't have nearly enough to go uh get him but i do like the ford play i don't blame people for being a little cautious with the hunt because of and again because of the fact that there is not a large sample size of nfl production but um in terms of boomer bust plays i do like ford quite a bit
0: yeah, no, I think it was a I think it was a you know right to pay up aggressively. Like yeah. I said, I, I missed out, you know what I'm saying? So I I don't want to seem like I'm bitter about the situation, but I know I left Matt Breeder sitting right there. I wasn't <laughs> gonna fall for that I got a couple questions in the chat. I'll yeah. uh, Stu, I'll let you take this one. Both of y'all can handle it. Laporta or Kittle? I think I see a lot of people got Kittle rank as they tight end one this week.
2: Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I like Le- I've reported like have Le- Le- as well and I started him the first two weeks because I punted tight end pretty much everywhere. So I'm obviously mm-hmm. feeling pretty good about that. I think he provides you a safer floor, but I do think Kittle's obviously the upside play. He has that touchdown equity especially in a team that's expected to be in the red zone 5 to 6 times in this game against the Giants defense that hasn't been able to stop anyone. I'm a big believer and you got to Play your studs. You drafted George Kittle for a reason. You got him in a really good matchup right here. Even though I love Laporta, um, I would probably end up still going with Kittle in that situation. But it's really close. I like Laporta a lot.
1: Yeah, and I especially go with Kittle, assuming that Ayuk is out of the lineup as well. I think he's going to be an excellent red zone target. But I like Laporta as well. Like This is not a insult to Laporta that you're playing Kittle but especially if you used Kittle uh, you had to have drafted him with you know like a very high round draft pick you got to use him in this type of situation I do expect some touchdown regression from him he scored 11 last year um, but he's still such a great red zone threat the play action pass is such a weapon for uh, Kyle Shanahan down in those red zone uh, opportunities wouldn't be shocked if Kittle got a score wouldn't be shocked if Laporta got one either but uh, I would have to go with Kittle in this one
0: yeah, I think is I think both good options. Listen, I picked up Zach Ertz last night and I already have a team with Laporta. And um hmm. nice. Yeah, I, I'm rolling and I got a league with double double flexes. I'm rolling three tight ends out in some spots because I like those that target share that yeah. Zach Ertz get, and that team is always going to be fighting back, even though it could be nothing this week. Um Bean time wants to know if he should bench Trevor Lawrence. And I, did I miss something? Why would you be benching Trevor Lawrence this week? Jacksonville plays Houston in 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 Duval. Uh Stu, am I missing something?
2: No, I don't think you're missing anything. I think people are just mad. They played him against Mahomes last yes. week. They thought they were going to get oh, 400 okay. points, and yeah, they're I'm like, sure what's I'm happening? Good. But, no, I, I'm with you. Unless you have, like, an absolute stud behind you, right, I don't think there's much of a, a reason to bench Trevor Lawrence. town, who's your backup quarterback? What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would depend on what your other options are, I guess. And as Beantown points out, the Houston is only allowed two passing touchdowns not taking that too seriously i think at this point i think that secondary is still pretty beatable i'm a big Derek stingley fan in the long term but i think lawrence is going to have a nice bounce back game unless you're playing one of the big five quarterbacks i think you would still roll with trevor lawrence this week
2: and I do want to say there are worse bets to make than sprinkling him to have a rushing touchdown. There you go. Well, we just saw Richardson have two. I bet him last week at plus 650. He had a designed run at the goal line and it just failed. He got stuffed. But yeah. you just look for that opportunity. And Lawrence mm-hmm. is a 6'4 huge, you know, rushing quarterback. So I do like the sprinkle on him to get a rushing touchdown.
0: Hey, oh he God. says Jordan Love. Listen, Jordan Love is actually QB two right now. No laughing matter, but yeah. I still would go with 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 with, um, with 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 Trevor Lawrence in this in this spot right here. You know, I got a quarterback issue. I have um, a, a team with Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and so I was like, begrudgingly, I'm looking at the waiver wire, and I'm like, I, I I felt like Sean Payton like I mean, I got to pick up Russell Wilson, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then I looked at Russell Wilson has been pretty decent um yeah. uh, fantasy-wise this year and Chris I think I think Denver's going to be fighting back uh, a lot this week. You know, I think Denver's live this week. I may be the only one, but I actually I, listen, Russ, Russ is cooked, but in this situation I feel more comfortable putting Russ out there than waiting for what could be what could happen on Monday night. Matthew Stafford is already gobbled up.
1: Now, I will admit that I have some bias. The little green sliver you see right there is an autograph Russell Wilson jersey. So All I do right. have some bias. I, I, a lot of Seattle has turned on the guy. No, that I is just, right. That is I, right. I
0: forgot you out there in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah,
1: out in the PNW. So um, a lot of people have turned on him, but I am not one of those guys. I still – have a lot of love for him. I think Denver's played a lot better than the zero and two record that that they have. Like they they probably should have won both of those games. Now they didn't, and one of the reasons why is one of the most egregious pass interference calls on that two point conversion miss that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Maybe play a little better. And yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to you. That's 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 totally fair. But um, I, I do. I think I think Russell Wilson is no longer like that ultimate QB one. I still like him, and I think the fact that they They've got to involve Marvin Mims more, man. Like he is such an electric playmaker, and you saw what he can do on his limited targets as well. Take what we were talking about with Jalen Hyatt and amplify it. Like he is a guy who can make plays over the middle of the field. I think he can go deep on you. There are lots of things to like about Marvin Mims. So as he gets more out uh, used in this offense. I like Denver quite a bit, and I think Russell Wilson will finish the year as a QB one, just not in the elite status that we saw prior to the few years, last couple of years.
0: Uh, Stu, you know what, uh, Russell Wilson, right? So I picked him up, going to play him this week, and then um, you know I also picked up Brandon Johnson, that wide receiver out there. He is not the down the field threat that Mims is, but he is getting targeted.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that caught me off guard. I mean, that is not when I had my bingo card to start the season, but yeah, he's been very involved. Especially over the middle, too. That's what you like to see, is those kind of easy targets over the middle because what I'm worried about is Russ is good when he's not under pressure, and in that second half of the Washington game, and even in week one, when he was under pressure, that's when it really turned on him, and that's when things went a little crazy this week. If he has a little bit more time to throw, I mean, the Miami defense actually has been getting pressure as well, which is a little bit concerning, but we know Miami likes to play that, you know, cover too, right? That's yes. the Fangio deep safety looks is exactly what he's known for. So guys that can run these routes over the middle should be able to take advantage a little bit better. While a guy like Cortland Sun on the outside may be stuck, you know, with a little bit more safety help at times. I think Judy and some of these other guys could actually jump off the page and excel. I'm with you. I don't hate um, the Denver Broncos this week either. I'm not sure if they're going to win, but I see a lot of offensive upside. I see a lot of DFS pieces in that game.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Speaking of DFS pieces, Chris, let's just go ahead and, and, and hop into it. Um, because boy, I tell you what, this should right. We talk about fantasy fireworks. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings are yes. getting ready to play in what should be a very interesting offensive matchup. Um, I really don't see much defense in this one. The game is going to be a field goal game because the Chargers only play field goal games. <laughs> they tend to lose these field goal games, yes. <laughs> but at some point they're gonna come through and win one. But what are we doing, Mike Williams? Let me tell you, last week on Underdog, right? Underdog don't have like a bell to alert you when you're on the clock. Right. Right? So, scatterbrain, I walk away. (laughs) Oh, come back, and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then I look at my my draft team and made two picks. How about the two picks with Mike Evans and Keenan Allen? (laughs) Wow. So, that league ended up up winning a a nice Nice. piece on that league right there. But with that being said, this week right here – where do you start in this matchup right here with these? Cause I think you got to get some access to this game right here.
1: Oh yeah. You got to be in on this one, man. This is going to be, I, I would think the over the last time I looked at it was like uh 54 or something like that. Yeah. I'm taking the over mm-hmm. on that one for sure. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and have a hot take and I think Justin Jefferson will have a nice day. I, I that's why <laughs> not, I, I do believe that Justin Jefferson will be targeted in this game. Like, Look, it's an expensive play. It is not the contrarian play. We love the contrarian plays. But Justin Jefferson is going to go ham. Um, And I I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a nice day, too. That Chargers secondary, you know, there's some nice pieces. Derwin James is a very talented player. It's ever so beatable. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a monster game. Justin Herbert's going to have a monster game. Like, you talk about stacks. I would be stacking the heck out of one of these two lineups and heck maybe even both there are some cheap options i think you could play like quentin johnson maybe goes off for a big game for him in his rookie season i think that there's going to be some offensive fireworks in this one for sure
0: Yeah, Stuart, it, it lines up pretty good to be a, a good offensive battle got the highest total of the week we know how these two tombs team teams play um give me your thought process on the game but let me ask you this
2: first though if you who are you starting with this week tyreek hill or justin jefferson I mean, it's got to be Justin Jefferson for me, I think with just the total overall offensive upside, especially Tyreek Hill is going to see the highest shadow percent coverage corner in the league and certain over there, which means Mm. probably a little bit more attention from a top corner. Um, But the offensive upside in this game is insane. I do an opening line show every week right when the Sunday night games end and the total in this game was 51 the opening total that's that's insane there's no way that 51 lasts, and now it's you know 54 across the board which obviously makes a lot more sense considering yeah we expected this minnesota defense to be one of the worst in the league coming into the year and now the chargers actually via dvoa have been the worst defense this league by a pretty wide margin as well so i love weapons on both sides i mean it's not even going to be sneaky really but a guy like addison who's been a great downfield target so far 15 yards per catch through nice. two games so far. He's gotten into the end zone both times. I love the D play potential right there. I'm going to be starting a couple lineups with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. I know primetime Kirk, people don't like it. They yeah. get mad at him. The guy throws for 300 yards. He doesn't give me rushing upside. I know that's the cool thing right now, but he's going to give me 300 yards, two touchdowns, and hopefully, you know, provide a good game for a guy like Jefferson, Addison, all the above. So I love this game. It's going to be a popular one, but like you said, you kind of got to get some exposure here.
0: 32 bit, I see that Dotson question. We are uh, gonna touch on that game next. Um, hey, Chris, what's up? Dude, right right up the street, uh, Mike Williams, big Mike Will, right? Um, bro, I tell you what, I I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about him. Like I, I like the player, but I'm like, how come every time he's in my lineup, he stinks to join up? And then when he in, when I when I when I'm like I, I'm I had enough with him. Yeah, like man, I should have came back to Mike Will. Should we go back to Mike Will this week? I wonder if he's gonna get hurt for real, to be honest with you. Yeah, because he's like kind of flag football y at this point.
1: I kind of wish Mike Williams played for a different football team, to be completely honest. That makes sense. And I think that's partially because Keenan Allen has just been such a target vulture. And look, Austin Eckler, obviously, a great receiving back as well. It'd be nice to see Mike Williams be somewhere where he could be closer to that number one option. It's a boomer bust thing and it's going to be when you're facing a bad secondary. I think Mike Williams is worth being in that lineup because you know, you put a lot of attention on Allen and you put some secondary help on Eckler as well. Then yeah, Williams has a chance for a two touchdown game, but there are just going to be days where he just frustrates the heck out of you in part because of the offense that they play in be part because of the weapons that the chargers have. And in part, because this is the large sample now of Mike Williams being a boomer bust player. Um, If he's cheap, great if he's a real expensive option because you know and that's kind of the hard part here too is when he's an expensive option it's when he's going against one of these crappy secondaries so you you got to take some bitter with better with mike williams he's more of a guy that i kind of like having on a redraft league than playing in dfs to be completely honest with you a long story short i don't know cory I,
0: I don't know yeah, no, I, but... I feel
1: you that's, that's where i'm at yeah <laughs> hey
0: if you had Eliminate Justin Jefferson you Chris like I start right here uh eliminate Justin Jefferson one player to play from this game
1: uh probably I would be going with Keenan Allen I think I think Keenan Allen's gonna have a really big game I I'm just a big fan of the guy like I know there are a lot of 10 catches for 80 yard type of games that can frustrate some folks but you're getting that production the PPR especially you're going to be seeing him I think Keenan Allen kind of is being slept on for, for having not a you know, some injury issues and some other stuff. But I think Keenan Allen's still a top-notch wide receiver. He'd be a guy I'd want against a pretty mediocre Minnesota secondary.
0: What do you think, Stu? If you eliminate, Jeff, eliminate Jeff. It would be
2: Keenan Allen over Hawkinson? Um, For me, it's going to be Jordan Addison for my life. So I love Keenan Allen, but like I said, I love the deep threat. I love yeah. trying to, you know, in these games where the ownership does get so high, I like trying to get the pieces that aren't going to be the most owned. The other name I didn't mention that I will be playing in this game is Joshua Kelly coming off of an absolutely terrible performance world. It's going to look at that box score, but guess what? The Titans are the biggest pass funnel in the league. It's not even close. Great right. defensive line, stout, right? Stout against the run dating back to last year. They played the exact same way. They didn't add much. They're going to get a couple guys back. Hooker, I believe, should play this week a little healthier. But you can pass all over the Titans. You just can't run on them. So it's set up as kind of a terrible spot for him. But at the end of the day, we got a 54 total. We got a running back who ran the ball like 20 times with Austin Eckler in week one. Now, no Austin Eckler. I think nobody's going to want to go back to Joshua Kelly. Everyone's going to want to play the wide receivers. I'll be playing the wide receivers, too. But let's let's remember, Joshua Kelly has a pretty legit red zone roller. On this
0: offense. Uh, Atlanta and Detroit's going to be a fun one. There's going to be a lot of points in that. But before we get to Atlanta and Detroit, I want to touch on the Bills and Commanders. I think this has some upside, Chris, to be a pretty explosive fantasy matchup as well. 43 and a half is the total. I think these teams go up and down and back and forth. I particularly want to talk about the the the, the Washington wide receivers, mm-hmm. Dotson and McLaurin. Um, what do you think so far and where would you start if you were trying to target some pieces from this game on the Commander side?
1: You know, this is interesting, too, because I was just watching QB schools with JT Sullivan and looking at Sam Howell, and he's thrown some dots. Like, he's made some really impressive throws. That touchdown he threw on the post off the back, uh, basically off his back of his leg, was one of the better throws I saw uh, over the week. Dotson's a tricky one for me. I was really... Not happy with that draft selection, even as a uh, not a fan or not a hater of the Washington Commanders. It was just a weird selection for me. I do like his route running ability. I do like the fact that he is a guy who seems to be able to get open in the red zone quite a bit. In fact, the school, uh, the QB school showed that there were some times where he was open in the red zone as well. I think he's going to be a guy who scores a touchdown this week. I, I, I But I would say this it's you're not looking at a huge yardage game from him i think you're looking at like one of those four catches for 40 yards with a touchdown that's playable but you can probably find a little bit more
0: upside we thanks to your commanders left hand up
2: And I bet him last week too. And I lost, I mean, coming in 23 yards on the first drive looked like he had that same momentum that he had in the preseason with Howell, and then it kind of fell off of a cliff right there. So that was one of the more interesting developments of the week. I thought it might be a little bit of a Dotson breakout week, but at the end of the day, it did look like a little bit of the same of what we've seen this last couple of years of you got to get Terry involved. You got to get Terry involved. And at the end of the day, I think that does give you the best chance to win. So for me, I'm probably not prioritizing Dotson that much. I mean, like you mentioned, it's really he's a he's a touchdown or bust kind of guy even when he was producing at the end of his rookie season last year all of those fantasy points pretty much came in the end zone and that's something right. really hard to depend on on a week-to-week basis so for me i'm not as high on Dotson in this week but hey Tradavius white will have his hands full with terry mclaurin on the sure. other side so that should open up some decent opportunities yeah what about curtis samuel I, I thought I'd be out on Curtis Samuel this week, but he's still involved. He's the same. He, he, he really is. I,
0: I'll be I, honest with you. I'm playing Curtis Samuel in some season long. Because of the, you know early season carnage, I didn't mean, I didn't think it was going to go this way, sure. but I didn't see a zero
2: like Quentin Johnson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I mean, if especially if you can get his yards real low, I assume they're going to open for on betting sites in the like high twenties, you know, something like that. I think that's very reasonable because when Hal has pressure in his face, he's got to get the ball out fast. And since we have a lot more Brian Robinson running routes and less Antonio Gibson, you don't really have that dependable short yardage checkdown, especially now okay. Logan Thomas who is actually one of his favorite targets, is likely not going to play in this game. I'd be mm-hmm. amazed if he was somehow going to play in this game. So for me, when you do need that kind of dependable check down, Curtis Samuel is pretty much that on our team. Most teams, it's the running back. But I think Samuel actually does you know fill that role pretty well. So I, I don't hate Samuel at all this week. Yeah, Stu, no what right. do
1: you think about uh, – sorry to interrupt. What do you think about John Bates this week then if uh, if uh, Logan Thomas isn't playing?
2: It's Cole Turner for me, baby. I'm okay, in. I'm in on well. Cole Turner. Because Cole Turner, he's going to play – Not that much. He's barely going to play. If you're betting on him, if you're playing him in DFS, you're going to be mad. But when he does come in, he's going to run routes. And it's going to be in the end zone. He is a huge. That's all he did in college was catch touchdowns, right? So at the end of the day, Bates is a dependable blocker. He can't really catch very well. The upside is so capped with Bates. For me, it's three for 30 is his upside. Cole Turner... He can do some things, and you can tell the enemy knows that. They like messing around with him. He's just not fully ingrained in this offense. He can't really block well, and our offensive line isn't great. So I'd rather shoot for the touchdown upside with Turner. Good
0: call. Hey, Chris, uh, James Cook versus the commander's defensive line.
1: It's an interesting one. I I loved James Cook at Georgia and thought he was so underused, but it wasn't really his fault. It's just the fact that they were loaded yeah, they yeah. Just, every five congratulations you're a five-star recruit you go to alabama or georgia at running back that's just the way the world works you don't have any other choices um i i don't love the matchup and i don't think that james cook is like a star play but i could see him getting um you know 70 yards a touchdown maybe three or four receptions for 20 or 30 yards i do think that he there are Better upside plays to play. But if you're looking at like the high end RB2 type of thing, I think James Cook's interesting. Stu, James Cook or
2: Brian Robinson Jr. Probably for game script reason, James Cook this week. For the rest of the season, I'll take Brian Robinson Jr. in terms of Great. the routes he's running so far. But for this week, specifically for DFS, I, I think the bills will be up. I think Cook will have time to run um with that positive game script. But for me, I'm still not the highest on Cook in season long, just because they're using Latavius Murray like way. Yeah, that was, more that than that I was thought. disgusting to see that last week. <laughs> right. I mean right. I
0: was <laughs> I'm looking at the screen, I'm like, is this Latavius Murray? Where did he come from? <laughs>
2: Yeah, you read the beat reporters, and they mention like Latavius Murray, and you're like, yeah, sure, yeah, I, yeah, he's there. I, 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 you know, I see it too, but then you see him in the game, and you're like.
1: Oh yeah, hey, we're
2: serious. Like he's actually playing, so yeah. that's a little concerning for me. And like we mentioned, Washington defensive line is stout. That is a really strong run blocking unit. Chase Young obviously had the sacks last week, but one of the most impressive Chase things about congratulations, I know, right? That like, was <laughs> rookie year. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> the most impressive thing about him to me was his motor at the line and his ability to step in and run stopping situations as well, which I think is a sneaky underrated part of his game. So I'm not looking to play running backs against. Washington really ever. All right. uh Dylan
0: Fink. What's up? Just traded Mostert and IU in my 12 team PPR. Good trade. My RB just traded Mostert for Ayuk in my 12 team PPR. My running backs are Pollard and James Cook. Hey, Chris, I was telling you, I was telling these people yesterday like the I don't you could have went into this past week with your starting running backs being Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. And you could have thought, oh, I got running back depth. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Running back depth. I don't like trading running backs because that depth at running back can disappear quickly.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I would still be looking to add more running back depth for sure. I do like that trade, though. I just because I don't know, there's something about that Miami offense that scares me. Now, look, I, I want Tyreek Hill. I want Jalen Waddell. I want those guys not in love with the running back situation there as fast as Mostert is, And in fact, we have seen production from him. I do worry a little bit about how that may become more of a, um, a committee than type of thing. I, I do like that trade, but go at another running back.
0: Uh, uh, student grab this one by low on Judy or Terry McLaurin wide receiver, depth Diggs, Hopkins, Iuke, Michael Thomas, Hollywood have Eli Mitchell. I'm I, I, okay. So what do you think of that wide receivers?
2: Yeah, I mean, interesting. I think Judy and McLaurin are both good targets. I'd be happy if I could have either of those guys on my team. I think with how much Washington is throwing right now, I think McLaurin would be my priority on who to target Same. between those two.
0: And then um, J. Rome says, do you think I should start Jordan Addison or Mike Williams this week?
2: You got to start Mike Williams. I mean, I love Jordan Addison. I'm starting him on a couple of teams, but that my competition is like you know. is this.
0: D- 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 yes, yeah. it's not a twelve, and it's and a twelve team league. I would go Mike Williams, Chris.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. But I, you kind of talked me into Jordan Addison a little bit here, and I, you know, I loved his production in college. I like the situation that he's playing in. To say that you can't focus too much on Jordan Addison is the understatement of understatements. Because uh, again, I'm going to make the hot take. I like. Justin Jefferson as a fantasy football wide receiver, but I think I'll go with Mike Williams just a little bit more safety. All
0: right. Time to make this. This is this is this is something I wrestle with every week, and I'm going to wrestle with it for the rest of this weekend. It's really gonna between watching Colorado and Oregon, the second, the second biggest thing this weekend is what to do with Kyle Pitts. This is a plus 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 situation for Kyle yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Stu, you I let you go first, Stu. I'm tired of seeing fours in my lineups. They look much better on my bench. They look look much better not being in my – not slowing down one of my DFS teams. Yeah. Are we going to do the Kyle Pitts – are we going to play that song and dance with Kyle Pitts this week?
2: No, and I yeah you know, I've never had the song on. I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams. I don't play him in DFS. Like the volume has been on zero since the guy was drafted for me. So wow. I, I it's not that obviously the talent. I'm not doubting that, but the situation is still just as bad as it has been the last two weeks. They're using him as a downfield wide receiver. In most tight ends their A dot is four or five. They're just getting these quick. He had a 15 A dot over his first two weeks they're targeting him down the field like consistently which sounds good if you're in a high volume passing offense but when you're on a team that wants to throw the ball eight times a game i'd rather have you know the dump offs the dependable stuff than just one downfield target of the game so for me it's clear what this team wants to do they want to run the ball more than any other team in the league right they want to continue to do that and they want to protect their quarterback they don't want to allow their quarterback to turn the ball over you can clearly tell their game planning games with the the mindset of let's not make plays let's protect our quarterback and that really hurts your star tight end so for me i didn't draft him to start the year um i don't plan on going to trade for him or buy low i think i'm just going to continue you know if your waiver wire has some of these high upside rookies a musgrave a laporta laporta's probably gone by now but even a hunter henry a zacherts that's where i'd be going this week hey chris it's like oj howard
0: Evan Ingram, Wait, what, was, what was what was homeboy that played for the Packers that caught the sideline pass to break the Cowboys' heart?
2: Oh um, gosh,
0: um, uh, it's these big yeah. athletic freak tight ends that don't never do nothing. You know, he's a can't miss talent. OJ yeah. Howard, yeah, yeah. And <laughs>
2: Ebron too. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we,
0: Eric Ebron is a good yeah. one too.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, Ebron James. We we definitely remember all the hype <laughs> that was going on with that for sure. I will say I do like the matchup this week. Um, the uh. Lions uh, have given up quite a bit. few plays in the middle. If Kadarius Tony could catch the football, he would have made a bunch of plays over the middle. I think uh, people remember that quite well. But I also watched Kobe Parkinson, of all people, have a pretty nice game against the Lions as well. So I do think Kyle Pitts, it's just weird because, you know, you talk about Arthur Brown and you talk about him being such a uh, intriguing and offensive mastermind. And then I watch how they use Kyle Pitts with a quarterback like Desmond Ritter. And I'm like, Really? Yeah. Really, FedEx guy? Is this really the <laughs> offensive genius that we're supposed to be talking about here? There's definitely some creative stuff in the run game and all of that good stuff. But I just, especially with Desmond Ritter, man, if you can sell high on Kyle Pitts, all due respect to Kyle Pitts, because I think he is an extremely talented dude. But he's just in the wrong situation at the wrong time. And I don't think that he's going to finish as a top five tight end this year.
0: Yes, yeah, dude. So, all right. So, Lions – and Falcons, where we start, where we going? How how are we attacking? Are we going with these running backs? Are we going with Bijan? Are we what, what are we doing here?
2: yeah i think i'm definitely gonna have a healthy dose of Bijan. i mean not only does he give you the traditional running game he's giving he's lining up in the slot he's motioning out wide you're seeing all those awesome things you want to see with a running back with receiving capabilities so that's a big one for me a monroe saint brown's health is a big deal i saw he was on the sideline for a good portion of the end of last game wasn't super involved after that now he's questionable for this week if he does suit up if he does play then i will like josh reynolds a lot i like josh Mm -hmm. reynolds all the time i've been bent on this guy since the end of last year and he's done nothing but make money for me i mean he's just he's the wide receiver too on an offense that has been consistently awesome dating back to last season and nobody cares about him because he doesn't have any of that name value the problem is i really would not love josh reynolds as the wide receiver one that gets a little scary right suddenly you're facing top tier cornerbacks the defenses aren't planning for amon ross st brown that changes everything for me so the amon ross st brown news is really big in my opinion but if he does suit up and play then i think josh reynolds is going to be a very very popular play for me this week as well as Bijan robinson
0: let me let me ask you this right quick before I, before I get to Chris. So, if 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 uh Saint Brown is out right and Reynolds becomes the one, would you pivot to Khalif
2: Raymond? I would, I do like Khalif Raymond. I talked about him a little week one when they were on primetime and we were talking. He's the only one with a guaranteed contract that they signed this offseason, he's the only right. one that they want coming back next year as well. I know he's not getting out there too much, but he is getting targets from the slot, that's where he's running most of his routes. And to be honest. He's not out there much. He looks explosive when he's out yeah. there to me. Maybe he doesn't have hands and maybe that's the problem. He's getting open all the time. They just don't trust him. I don't know what it is, but if he's out there, if he's the wide receiver, too, then I'll be playing Khalif Raymond for sure.
0: What do you think about uh, those uh, same plays, Chris, that, that that line wide receiver grouping and uh, throw Drake London in that mix, too?
1: Yeah. And I like Drake London. I just hate his quarterback. Like I just am not, I'm all, I'm not in on Desmond Ritter. I think he's going to be a really nice backup in this league, which is where you draft quarterbacks in the third round to do is to be your backups. If they develop into starters, great. I'm just out on, uh, I love Drake London long-term. He's going to be out for me on the short term. It's just not a tenable situation, but I I think that call on Khalif Raymond and uh, Josh Reynolds is great. I will say this too. I love Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to – look, David Montgomery can plot his way into a couple of scores every uh, and do the Jamal Williams thing. That's fine. But I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Reynolds as a runner. There's been some really impressive highlights there. And as a receiver, too, already 11 targets, nine receptions. That's been really impressive. And if uh, St. Brown can't go, I imagine that Gibbs is going to see quite a few targets in that regard as
0: well. All right. Um I feel like that uh, side eye puppet says, "Which defense did I drop between the Ravens and the Jets?" I, it,
2: I mean, that's kind of tough. The Jets are the better defense, but for yeah. fantasy purposes, if they're going to be down yeah. much all the time and their offense can't keep them off the field, then it's yeah. probably the Jets, right? Even though yeah. they're clearly the better team out there, it's it's for fantasy points not great. I
0: right, check this out right quick, y'all. This is a this is a showdown slate. Sterling, wow, Sterling Shepard. Christian McCaffrey, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. That's from the Contrarian Edge Optimizer. Mm. What's the first
2: name you said again? Sterling Shepard. Yeah, that's the one that I don't want. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to lie yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> like can we get Wandell Robinson in there for the same price, I sure. mean they're playing the same role out of the slot, but Wandel we know can break some big plays. So they can get yeah. him on a reverse, maybe a rush attempt. That's that's where I'd probably pivot to in that lineup.
1: And if you're I gonna know. go contrarian, maybe take a look at Eric Gray. Like, I, I'm gonna be curious to see how they nice. use him. Like he's been He's obviously an athletic guy. They've used him on special teams as a punt returner. I think he's a more talented option than both Brita and Brightwell. We just don't know if he's going to get any touches, but I know what Sterling Shepard's going to (laughs) do. I know what Sterling Shepard's going to do, and I know what Sterling Shepard is not going to do. So if you're going to go with an upside play, and if you're going to go with a cheaper contrarian play, I'd be looking more at Eric Gray and Ronnie Bell, especially with Ronnie Bell being so cheap. In these options and in the fact that he might be the third wide receiver today i'd go with both those guys over Shepard. but the rest of those guys yeah absolutely makes sense all
0: right main slate this weekend contrarian edge optimizer this is the fan duel lineup right here you hit that qr code on the screen you can test drive this optimizer for one dollar you might as well just go ahead and sign up for the whole thing um i tell you this one right here this is the blended this this the, this this optimizer takes a number of different data sources and gives you different options and then they have a, a blended one Patrick Mahomes, Ramondre Stevenson, Isaiah Pacheco, Michael Pittman Jr., who I love. Mm. Stefan Diggs, who I love, Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey, Damian Pierce, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Stu, what
2: do you think of that one? No, I think it's good. Obviously, I like the Mahomes exposure. I think we didn't talk that much about we that didn't. game, but that could be a fun one. That like yeah. if the Bears have any life, the whole world has given up on them instantly in a week. I was low on the Bears coming into the season, but now it feels like I'm higher on them just based on that the whole world seems to think that they're the worst team that's ever existed, with Fields being the worst quarterback <laughs> ever. So for me, that could actually be a pretty fun game. I think Mahomes and Pacheco is an interesting combination, but Pacheco has been way more involved in the receiving game, and a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who I have in a bunch of best ball leagues, is doing nothing so far. So right. I do think that's an interesting way to start, it. and I do. we talked about the Dolphins' defense at the end. Um, that I, They have some upside, but I am worried that could be a high-scoring game. Yep, so I'm I might agree. be looking – you Know a little elsewhere for the defenses. I
0: right, check this one out. Uh, he mentioned, uh, Stu mentioned the worst quarterback in the league. I'm about to one up him with this next lineup Deshaun Watson, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollitt, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith Schuster. Interestingly yeah. enough, <laughs> Dalton Schultz, Richie James, and the Miami Dolphins defense. Hey, Chris, yo, yo, Deshaun Watson ain't the same. It's not that's no. not the same, that's a clone.
1: <laughs> no, he just doesn't, like you, you heard the reports like in the preseason and sometimes we go a little overboard, but like that, just no c- consecutive completed passes about anything in the pocket, anything in the pocket he was really struggling with. And then you watch him play and he has no pocket presence. And even when he does make the right decision, the throws are inaccurate. He just doesn't look anywhere close to to the same player. I, eyes, I know
0: he he's not trusting his
1: eyes. He's not trusting his eyes. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are not upset by that by because of everything yep. that happened before. Um, but it's been really weird to watch because there was never a question about Deshaun Watson's talent. And that's why Amari Cooper, that is not a play I'm looking for. Like, that, that's just going to be too expensive mm-hmm. of the thing for me to go with. I I like the the running game for the Browns a heck of a lot
0: more than the passing game until I see otherwise. Yeah, hundred percent, Stu. It doesn't look good for for uh, for Watson. Um, check this one out before we had to get up out of here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Javante Williams, Gus Edwards, Justin just allows you to get Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill in your lineup. Ooh. Tank Dell, interesting name right there. Yeah. Sam Laporta, Roshan Johnson, and America's defense to Dallas Cowboys.
2: I like this one. This is the time yeah, kind of I like I one. Yeah. When it's like, you know, midnight, you're scrolling through, you just want to make one or two more. You go into the dumpster a little bit more, but that's where I live. That's why I love the tape. <laughs> I mean, a guy like CJ Shroud is throwing way more than people expected. It For real, looks like that's, the regular week to week not an outlier anymore which is great that means he right. can stay in more than one wide receiver tank dell i think the talent is there i mean through preseason the guy has nfl twitch i think the guy could separate nfl level he doesn't necessarily have the body size but we like him out of the slot right here i like that tank dell call and i like some of these cheap plays in that lineup you get the little boom and bust i like that combo a lot
1: and let's be honest if you roll into the club with somebody named tank and roshan you're gonna have a good night like the, that's just gonna happen like the if you've got your buddy tank and you've got your buddy Roshan with you, you're going to have a good time.
0: And you got three dudes right here that have NFL <laughs> Twitch, so yeah. you don't really have to worry about anything else. Hey, yeah. thanks, for everybody, for participating in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we did you a service. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, set a notification so when we go live, MLB – I mean, uh, when we go live with Sports-Topia, Fantasy, Fire, and Knife, you'll get an alert, you get the chance to come out here and hang out with us. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget to hit that optimizer. Now, for the homies, my man, Stu – And Chris Crawford is Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. We are out.